Welcome to Beyond the Pink Cloud, the podcast where we talk about moving forward in our lives through recovery and navigating the world with grace, ease, and humor. We've got tools and strategies from the experts to help you live with less stress and increased ease. Let's get into today's episode. Welcome back, everybody. And we've got a great episode of Beyond the Pink Cloud for you today. This is, of course, your host, Dr. Alice Kirby. And today I interview Sally Imason, who is a lovely woman from Australia. And we're going to talk about nutrition, wellness, and how that relates to trauma, which is a specialty area of Sally's. So it's a great episode. And she she shares a lot of really important information with us. This episode was also broadcast live in the self-love project on Facebook. So you can, if you'd like to watch the video, that's the only place that it's available now. You're welcome to come on in and join the group and you can see her video there. We also have a focus on nutrition and healthy eating as it relates to self-love this month in the group. And it's going to be a really broad topic because there is so much to the topic around nutrition. And I know it can really be a hot button issue about which type of eating is the best and um, you know what works for us. And I see a lot of arguments that can take place in the online space around it. And this won't be a space for that. It's really, I like to offer information from different expert sources. I post a lot of articles in the group. And for me, the focus when I think about nutrition and healthy eating comes back to, am I able to really listen to what my body wants and needs? And as I develop a greater ability to listen, I have a greater ability to know what feels good when I put into my body from food. And I'll be the first to say, I don't always listen. My body's not a huge fan of ice cream, but I really like the taste of ice cream because it's delicious. So uh, you know, never any shame or judgment around any of it. It's, I think we're all here doing absolutely the best we can on the planet and learning as we go. And information is always a good thing, information and support. And so that's, hopefully that's what we, we have going on in the, uh, in this Facebook group. So come on in, if you're not in there, I'd love to have you. It's going to be a really good month. And I've, I feel like it's shaping up to be a really great year. I'll be hosting the online She Recovers gathering this entire month on Thursday nights. So for the month of March, I will be hosting that online gathering at 5 PM Pacific standard time. If you're not familiar with She Recovers, you can reach out to me. Facebook is the best way. And I will happily send you their information. It's a wonderful organization for women in recovery from anything. So it can be recovery from alcohol. It can be recovery from stress, trauma, overwork. It's such a lovely organization. I'm very happy and proud to be affiliated with them. And the online gatherings are wonderful support for women. So if you'd like to come check that out and you'd like to see me there, I'll be there Thursday all month long. And without further ado, let's get into the episode. If you like the podcast, as always, please tell a friend, please like and subscribe or leave a review so we can keep spreading the word and sharing all this wonderful information from our fabulous guests. And I hope you're all doing well out there. I'll see you soon. Hi, and thank you so much for joining me for this very special edition of Beyond the Pink Cloud, where we are also hosting a special live event in the Self Love Project Facebook group. I am delighted to be joined today all the way from Australia from Miss Ms. Sally uh, Imeson. 
She has spent over 20 years studying beauty therapy, nutrition, and stress management. She's also been a sports manager and really has been able to cultivate a lot of her learnings that she will tell us about to work with emotional wellness. And we're going to talk today about about nutrition and about trauma and about how those are linked together. And we will let Sally tell us more of her story. Hi, Sally. Thank you for being with me today. <laughs> Hello and well, hi. Thanks for having me, Alice. Well, it's morning here, so good morning or good afternoon, <laughs> wherever you are. Um, so it is great to be here because I am really passionate about linking all those things that nourish us um, back to how to live um, in a more calm and relaxed state so that our body functions better. And that can be from the perspective of the way we look, the way we feel, the way we perform, the way we have relationships. Um, So, yeah, I started out in the beauty therapy industry and the one thing that really stood out to me in that particular area um, was sugar, the, the effect of sugar on the body and how weakening it is on all the cell structures and um, our gut lining and everything else. So straight away I learned a very severe lesson in, you know, the one thing to get right in the diet. And that's something that's kind of stayed the same throughout the last 20 years. Um, so I went on a bit of a journey um, in the beauty industry and then jumped out of that and went into more of the health industry and started specializing in sports. And so it was all about performance and around all sorts of different athletes who would value perhaps speed or maybe strength. Um, Even in the bodybuilding industry, their focus and determination is quite unique. Um, So being in these different cultures really showed me um, not only how they eat and sleep and how they socialize, but also... um, what it takes to be within that culture. So I became more interested in, in the in the culture of our well-being, our relationships, um, the marketing around us. Um, so it, we, you know, I didn't I didn't really head down more, more of the scientific side of performance. Um, I then met my husband, who was an athlete, and um, I guess that's where my biggest learning for health comes in, uh, because I then became a mother as well, and I think that. When you're a new mom and when you're under pressure, you really have to condense your learning down so it's, you know, bang for your buck. You know, your time is really precious. Well, our budget was very, very precious, um, very small um, because he was in a sport that didn't actually earn a lot, you know, there wasn't a grand um, paycheck, you know, for his particular events. Um, so that's where my biggest learning came in and that was because of my experience going through domestic violence in that relationship. So, again, it was just that, you know, smack in the face really that, um, you know, you can avoid sugar and you can do all the fancy, you know, macrobiotic combinations or these special supplements, but if you don't have your mental well-being um, secure or, you know, you aren't looking after yourself emotionally, then it doesn't really matter what you're doing outside of that. Emotional health really does come first. Yeah, I agree. So that's where that 20-year journey has kind of taken me on. So, um, yeah, and I've, you know, I haven't come across a client yet um, that once they've really befriended their nervous system, they know how to, they, they can sense and feel the signs and they know the small but powerful things to get it back under control you know 
miraculous things happen with their shape, with their immune system, um, you know, their memory, their energy levels. Uh, so to me, it, it is kind of like that magic pill. Yeah, I think it's a really good place to start. There's a quote I was looking for the other day that says something like I had um, 99 problems. And when I learned how to regulate my nervous system, like 98 of them went away. Uh, because absolutely, I, you know, I think the autonomic nervous system, it's so tied into our entire, all of our organs, our whole body structure, you know, particularly our gut and our enteric system through the, the vagus nerve, as you had mentioned, um, mm. before I know that's t- is ties into a lot of your work as well. It's just got its hands mm. everywhere. So I think if we aren't addressing it, we're just missing this huge, huge piece of the puzzle. Oh, absolutely. And even when we just talk about, um, the general signs of feeling safe and well. And with that, all these cranial nerves that are coming around, you know, this top end of the body, um, if we just stop and pay attention to, to very subtle things, um, we, can, we can understand so much about what our body is actually trying to do. We're scanning to see if we're safe. Uh, we, the nose is so powerful for resetting the nervous system in. Um, you know, sensing different smells, our hearing, um, and even even just uh, the sense of taste as well. It's one thing that can change um, the health of somebody very, very quickly is to have a zinc test because zinc is like that magical little mineral that switches on your eyes to be attracted to really brightly coloured food. Mm. Your sense of smell explodes when your vitamin, uh, sorry, your your zinc levels are more than average um, and your sense of taste. So just by concentrating on that one thing can just change your attraction to brightly coloured fresh food. And that's all happening up here around these beautiful um, cranial nerves. That's fascinating. So I know you had mentioned when we spoke briefly before that there are a couple of blood tests or two things to look for in the blood or two things to check in the blood to kind of see, Mm -hmm. I guess, to develop a baseline. And I'm curious if zinc is one of those things um, that you were speaking about there or what, if we're at, if, if we are trying to, for everyone, listen, if we are trying to create better health habits to take care of our emotional health, I think it can feel a little overwhelming. Um, so I'm curious, like, where do you recommend if we are looking at it from, you know, a nutritional standpoint, like, where do you recommend people start or, or how do they gather information to figure out you know, where they are baseline wise? Okay. So, um, the very first place to start is your vitamin D. Vitamin mm. D is your master regulator of everything. Um, and I'm not quite sure if the system is the same in the States in, um, compared to here in Australia, but um, actually I'll just, I'll stand up and I'll grab a blood test that I've just got here at the side. Cause I'm not sure. quite sure if they, they set them out the same. I'm not sure either. I don't know if we can just get the, the blood test, but we'll see when Sally comes back, what they've got going on down there in Australia. And is this a blood, okay. is, is this a blood test you would go to your, like your primary care physician for, and just ask yeah. for something like this? Okay. So in Australia, we, you can just go along and ask for a full blood count. Mm-hmm. Um, but here it's a bit tricky with vitamin D because they make it harder to test. Hmm. They would like to charge you for it. Um, I know that we have different care systems um, through our governments, but pretty much over here, if you want to track your vitamin D and stay on it, 
you pretty much have to say, look, I'm, I'm depressed. I'm not sleeping. It's You have to say it's chronic. So, I mean, even if you have to say those words for quite regularly mm-hmm. over an 18-month period or two-year period so that you can track it, mm-hmm. then so be it. Um, but what I, why, what I want you to um, to understand is that when you get um, your blood test results, here they present it with, you know, all your particulars, your name, age, um, the lab and the actual reading. And then this last part down the bottom tells you um, all the, the relevant things to look for if you are deficient in that particular vitamin or mineral. Um, so just for example, this one is, um, this one might be, say, iron, Okay you'll find that there's like three lines of the things that are related to iron deficiency. With vitamin D, you'll notice that the page will extend down the page about all the the different things that vitamin D deficiency could be related to. Wow. So that's a pretty, like that's just that reminder um, that if you were to lay out all the pages of your blood work, vitamin D is the one to get right. It's like the master key that gets everything talking, all the DNA working properly. Um, and because of our lifestyles, um, it's one of those things that we, we're just not getting outside enough. We're not getting that natural kick, that natural um, piece of magic that keeps everything rolling um, mm-hmm. with the vitamin D. So check it and check it regularly. And there's interesting research coming out, coming out about... Um, really specifically about where vitamin D actually lies and do we get a good enough result in our blood test. So it's just an interesting conversation to keep an eye on. Um, So absolutely know where you're at with vitamin D and um, even to start concentrating on a couple of foods that you can do or some lifestyle things to get a a little bit more natural sunlight and responsibly get your body um Mm -hmm. we don't absorb vitamin d but our cells they kind of take the vitamin d it hits the cells and then the cells go through a process to be able to um uh, develop its own vitamin d I read, um, I love that you're talking about vitamin D because it's, it's also linked. It's a really important one to take for COVID too. It's got some protective, Mm. I don't understand the the actual mechanism of it, but I know it's got a protective mechanism for COVID as well. Mm. So we bought a bunch, like we're definitely taking a lot of it. And then I don't know if you know this, but I read somewhere that even natural sunlight, it's like, we need to be like pretty much fully naked in the sun or have Mm. a good deal of skin exposed for, I think, I don't know, 10 to 15 minutes a day to get that, like just having our, our face and our, you know, part of our, our arms or our hands exposed, we're not really getting what we need, even if we are outside a lot, just because we're not, Mm. it's not coating that much of our skin. We don't have that much exposure. You're right. So I teach my clients to um, find a safe spot to sit and perhaps have lunch. And so lunch is one of their ritual times where they might pop a hat on, cover up those more delicate parts of the skin, maybe like the back of the hands and the neck and the, the places that you want to care for and expose the tummy mm. if you can, you know, lift up the top um, or the lower back. And But even, you know, if, if that's something you can't do during your regular work week, uh, perhaps on the weekend you might really plan your day around getting some private time in the sun for that, you know, 15 to 20 minutes. Yeah, it's yeah. so crucial. Yeah. What a nice practice and, too. So relaxing. Yeah. And it's um, 
it's all well it's then starting another really great habit and that's allowing your body to stop and digest mm-hmm. your food as well at lunchtime because your your little tummy needs uh, 500 mils of blood to really make use of the digestive process and that's the tip for the nervous system you know like you've got to be able to say okay world you have to stay there right now I'm feeling safe I'm doing something for me and by sitting still and relaxing and feeling safe and eating um, you are make like you're getting a hundred percent out of that meal and the digestion and the absorption such a great point. So there's there's two little tips combined into one. So that a little ritual at lunchtime for the, the vitamin D, but also switching on that digestion. Yeah, I love that. It's such a good point because we are so, mm. so much like we're not chewing our food. So we're not getting a lot of that salivary enzyme to digest carbohydrates, but then we immediately jump back into action and kick on our sympathetic nervous system again. So then our, mm. our digestive rest and digest parasympathetics, like, wait, we're not, we're not done. We didn't even start. So I, I love that idea to make it a ritual too to combine both of those. It's beautiful. Mm. Smart. Yeah. And to never drive wire, never eat wire in the, in the car. Cause when you're in the car, <laughs> you're sitting there and you just, you don't realize, but your eyes are on hyper alert. Yeah. Your ears are on hyper alert, your nose. And so all of a sudden that's just, you know, probably downgrading your, your digestion by 70%. Wow. Mm. That's such a great reminder. Um, and, and you mentioned sugar came in early on in your journey and I'd love to hear, and I think we all know sugar is highly addictive. It's not great for us, but it's mm. a, it's in everything. So it's tough to get away from. Mm. And I'm curious how you work with clients or if you have any tips for anyone listening or watching today in the Facebook group, just ways that we can like be less addicted to sugar, ways that we can start to come off of sugar, possible substitutes for some of the, mm. the sugary things that we are, um, I say we, I mean me, like I, I definitely <laughs> <That's> work, <laughs> I work with sugar is like a work in progress for me. Um, yeah. you know, better some days than others, but I know it's for, mm. for a lot of people, this is a big thing because sugar isn't everything. So I'd love to hear your, mm. your take on that or any suggestions you have. Well, the um for some people you can if you have an understanding of from the from a scientific uh, perspective about how damaging it is to the, the cell wall structure for me when i was listening to this beauty therapy lecture um the woman at the front was this she was in her 60s this beautiful woman and she said look if you want to look gorgeous and young forever don't eat sugar mm. she said it, it will destroy the collagen the elastin you know she i I started out learning about sugar that way. And so that was a powerful anchor for me. I was like, oh, I want to stay, I don't want any wrinkles. <laughs> yeah. Someone should have told oh, me no. that yeah. years ago. Yeah. Um, so it's learning the little things like that that are powerful when you make that choice. But um, it's interesting the way the tongue becomes unbalanced. Um, and it's actually our tongue that starts the process because the the sweet sensation on the tongue for our for our um, community at the moment, as you say, we're so overstimulated by sweet and that we need more and meat more. The message is going up to the brain. It is addictive. You know, we have a little bit more. We want a little bit again. So the, I'm, you know, you, sometimes you have to go cold turkey mm-hmm. so that you can reset the tongue. And by having more of those opposite foods to sweet, so more salty, sour, 
and the pungent foods, that will start to balance out the, the taste element on the tongue. And then you won't be able to tolerate, you know, um, the really, the super sweet, the artificial sweeteners and that type of thing. Mm -hmm. So I did have a little program that I was running some time ago and it was 10 days of soups, salads and smoothies. So it was really just eating quite plain food. The soups obviously were just um, like a broth-based um just flushing the the body with lots of minerals from those fruits and veggies the crunchy salads again because you could have things in like they're like a rocket um i think you guys call it a regular uh, um arugula arugula yeah what do you call it rocket we call it rocket oh i love that that sounds it's very fun have a think about the way it feels in your tongue it's very peppery Mm -hmm. you know it's uh, quite spicy so that's a great antidote to balancing off the sweet on the tongue Um, So if you can do that even just for a 10-day period, it is difficult. You will feel crap. (laughs) You will have those headaches. Um, You know, you'll feel uncomfortable. But it's it's amazing the way it transforms the tongue and therefore the messages that that are going between the tongue and the brain. Um, And I've had some clients who do that and then switch back onto some regular eating and they can't even tolerate a whole banana Mm. after that. It's too sweet. It's kind of like, okay, have two or three bites and that's enough. There's, you know, there's really great communication between the tongue to say, I've had enough. I don't mm-hmm. need any more sweet. Yeah. 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 That's a great point. I'd love to, you'll have to let us know if you do that program again, the 10 days. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Cause it's, I think having support around it like that in some kind of a, a program that is just quite simple. Um, but just knowing mm. that other people are doing it with you to cheer you on around it and, and to have somebody say like, here's recipes that you can use. I know that's really helpful to speak to what you mentioned earlier with like, we're all in this rapid fire, quick environment where our time is really precious. How do we make things easy? Um, mm. And I'm curious if you have any, or if you can share some ways that you were able to do that for yourself when you were in quite an emotionally stressful time, it sounds like with small mm. children and domestic violence and like, how do we prioritize ourselves in situations that are quite traumatic or quite difficult? It is really, really hard because trauma, as you know, um, the very first thing is you lose your disconnection to yourself. Um, if you're, fortunately for me, I eat very intuitively. You know, the messaging system is very clear for me as to what I feel like. Um, etc but if 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 that's not where you are with the way that you eat then it's it is really really hard to um to put yourself first and make sure that you're still nourishing yourself through that whole whole process I think that um taking a very practical thing that I can give a tip um to your community is would be even just looking at um, your blood sugar, I mean, this is great for your immune system as well, so really timely with COVID. But if if your blood sugar is stable, then at least your moods will be as stable as possible. Um, you, you can make decisions a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Uh, you feel a bit safer. Um, so when you're under stress, the adrenal glands are the first to be able to, uh, are those little guiding um, soldiers saying we need sugar, we need sugar, or the adrenal glands will tear out 
all the minerals in the body to help make all the stress hormones. So mm. um, the actually the two tips I'll say is to maybe um, shrink down some of your eating plates or bowls so that you're grazing more. Mm-hmm. So, um, for ex- okay, I'll just make an example of this coffee cup. So today I'm drinking quite a big coffee. Um, it's, you know, quite a large coffee cup. What an example would be to find a smaller one and have smaller amounts more mm-hmm. regularly. Um, you might do the same with a dinner plate or a salad plate or your pasta bowl, whatever it is. But just a reminder that having those smaller chunks of energy throughout the day will keep your blood sugar more stable. Um, That's just a visual guide. The other thing is because you are under um, stress and it could be, the stress could be the sound of someone's voice. It could be um, work. It could be the children. It could be these memories or having to go through a court process. Um, And what I would do and what I do regularly is just to have a lot of minerals in my diet because I know that my adrenal glands go looking for the minerals like magnesium and zinc to be able to make the stress hormones. So I have um, some little, some colloidal minerals that I just get from the health food store. Mm -hmm. And I can do that for the kids as well. And just put a little capful in their drinking water. You can't taste it. So it's just a steady little um, supplement. Like I don't go crazy with it. I've maybe had this for 12 months and I've still got quite a bit there. Um, but every so often I'll just make sure that I'm topping up my minerals. And you do feel the difference. Um, another one is the like a really good quality um, Himalayan sea salt. Mm-hmm. This one that I use has got dulse in it as well, which is mm-hmm. like a kelp, a seaweed. Um, so, again, really super high in the beautiful minerals that your adrenal glands <laughs> will be wanting. Yeah. Um, with a squeeze of lemon or lime in your drinking water for the electrolytes, um, great to support defo- uh, detoxification um, and it's kind of fresh and it's, you know, lemon and lime have that kind of that reset, freshening feel. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? Yeah, it's kind of enlivening. I drink Ye- a lot of yeah. water with lime all the time. Yeah. Um, and again, even the um, some healthy chocolate recipes that are super high in minerals. Um, again, that magnesium is just so beautiful for the nervous system, and it's just those little bits often that are going in, which is going to keep you resilient. Yeah, that's so wise. I'm so glad you said all of that. I, I didn't know that, and you make such great connection that your adrenals are always firing, so they're then they're pulling all the minerals out of your body. When you're, mm. when we're under the the high levels mm. of stress. So I, I think that's such valuable information. Um, well, even um, if you, if you're under stress, um, your, your body can do miraculous things to shoot your blood sugar up, just like you've had a candy bar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's, it's amazing. So emotions can create havoc on your blood sugar regulation. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Mm. And then you mentioned um, you mentioned some recipes with what did you say high quality chocolate? Yes. <laughs> so I know mm. you sent me a recipe, and I'll put it up in the group. And you had shown me this mm. when we when we chatted a, a month or so ago. 
Um, and then I told you before we started recording because it has gelatin in it. I'm like a little, I don't, I'm not afraid of gelatin. It just seems laborious to me. Whenever I see recipes with gelatin, I'm like, oh, I could never make that. So maybe you <laughs> could you walk us through? Well, <laughs> I mean, tell tell me why gelatin is not hard is really what I'm saying. So I can make this recipe, but maybe just speak well, to some of the other things that we can use the good chocolate in and for. Yeah. So again, it's appealing to um, the Vegas the vagus nerve and the cranial system, you know, I, I, and again, I haven't come across anyone who doesn't have a really beautiful memory or experience with chocolate. Mm. Okay. So it's that smell, it's that soothing and it's the relaxation, it's nostalgic. So I think if you were to, even if you were to learn how to make a healthy style, hot chocolate, it's that ritual again, it's the smelling it. I mean, um, the ch- a good quality cacao powder is super high in magnesium and iron and all the antioxidants. So, and it's quite affordable too, you know, to be able to have a little ritual of making yourself an, um, if you know you're coming up to a stressful event or a time of the day, um, this could be just your little tonic, your little immune tonic, and it's beautiful. Um, so the cacao is quite bitter and that's mm-hmm. why you, it can be a little bit tricky balancing out sweet and the bitter to make it enjoyable but you know if you've got a really good quality maple syrup again maple syrup is super high in the minerals it's beautiful um a raw honey is okay as well um i don't i can't tolerate artificial sweetness or even the stevia my tongue says Mm -hmm. no there's something yeah it just to me it doesn't work i don't Mm -hmm. enjoy it but it might work for other people if you're looking to control the calories um but for me yeah I mean I can make little kind of chocolate mousses with the gelatin um so that's the recipe that I've sent across and depending on what kind of consistency that you like you can make it really solid like a little gummy bear like a little lolly like a little um what's your term for lolly can't like a little candy Mm mm-hmm yeah, like um, a lolli- lollipop or gummy. I yeah, think you, you hit that right, like a gummy. Yeah. And so I do these for the kids just to have in the fridge to snack on after school and it's like the little shape of a um, a unicorn. Yeah, that's yeah. so cute. So like these little silicon trays. Uh-huh. And the reason I, well, they will drink a hot chocolate, that's fine, um, but to, I really want to get that gelatin into them just for the gut healing, the beautiful amino acids. Um just the way that it strengthens the immune system, but how it resets our sleep pattern as well. Hmm. Um, to me, it's worth getting over. Is it the fact that the gelatin is like from the bones of an animal? Is that is that the association or is it your experience no. using it? it I, I think I just feel like it's going to be hard to make. Okay. Like I'm so, going to have to heat something up and it's going to take a while or. So this is my gelatin powder. Um what I would do is whatever whatever liquid that I'm using in this last night when I made this, I had some coconut milk in the mm-hmm. cupboard. So I popped the coconut milk in a saucepan and just left it at room temperature and added a tablespoon of that. And I just let it sit for like three or four minutes where it, that's what they call it blooming mm-hmm. the gelatin. Then you're good to go. Add in on top, just pop the heat on very low. Put your in, um, I added in cacao, the um, cacao powder, um, a tablespoon, what, whatever amount of cacao 
I do the same amount of sweetener. So I've got some raw honey. So just one to one. Okay. A little touch of salt and then just let it warm really gently and just walk away for three or four minutes. Put the timer on maybe. Yeah, sure. (laughs) And then come back. And then I I just got a fork and swirled it through, turned the heat off. And maybe 15 minutes later, I poured it into some trays and Mm -hmm. set it in the fridge. And so I've made, I've got this little bar. Wow. I love this. Yeah. So yeah. And I mean, you can just, if you're just on the run and just need a quick little snack, um, it's got a great balance of the beautiful fats from the coconut, uh, which again, COVID time, Mm -hmm. you know, that those um, fatty acid chains in the coconut are beautiful for strengthening the immune system, um, great for your energy system, the minerals with the magnesium and the iron and the smell, you know, you're really soothing with that smell of chocolate. So I think if you choose the right sweetener, then this is a recipe that can suit anybody in the family, mum, dad, kids. That's great. Yeah. I think we all, um, I think everyone can appreciate that, you know, particularly with kids or anyone with, with picky eaters. Mm. Um, yeah. Thank you for walking me through that. I don't know where that weird gelatin aversion I have comes from. So I feel better. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, just at room temperature, just let it bloom for a little while and then you're good to go. I'll yeah. get some next time I go to my co-op, I can get all those things. Yeah. Um, I mean, even, um, even just popping it in your, like half a teaspoon in your coffee when you've made your coffee. Mm, okay. I actually, yeah. I'm, I've been a pescatarian for over 20 years. I don't eat animal meat other than fish, but for some reason I don't, I don't mind eating like the bones or like stuff with the, the gelatin, or I take a Ligaplex pill that's got like bovine adrenals. It's all organic and holistically sourced. Um, mm, beautiful for me, it doesn't bother me. I mean, I make sure it's, you know, there, it's not mass produced. I think anytime we eat any kind of animal product, let's make sure that, you know, the animal has been treated in the most humane way possible. Mm. But yeah, I feel like there's something in that that is good for us. It's good for me anyway, just um, kind of my own personal differentiation with that. But you mentioned intuitive eating. And I know someone had asked a question about that earlier in the Facebook group. If you did intuitive eating, if you practiced it, and if you could just speak a little bit more to that, or how does one develop more of an intuitive sense around food? I think it really is. It starts um, from from the mouth and the tongue, so that you really can't intuitively eat if you're super heightened to sweet, for example. Um, I think that intuitive eating is really powerful once the tongue is really well balanced in the taste buds. You're getting all the clear signaling, and excuse me, once you drop out all the artificial preservatives, colorings, um, and those types of things out of your food, intuitive eating just happens mm-hmm. because you're getting real food. Um, it's, I, th- I think that what stops intuitive eating is we get blocked up with too much processed sugar, the colors, the preservatives, um, you know, our, you know, antibiotic-filled meats, that type of thing. So, Intuitive eating can work really, really well. Um, however, the, I think that most powerful element is eating according to your nervous system, um, understanding when you're not making enough um, hydrochloric acid in the stomach because you're hyper-stressed. 
if it's a conversation at work, if it's moving house, if it's a death of a loved one, if something's going on, if you blow out the dig- like you know those beautiful enzymes, um, it, you know in the gut, then all of a sudden the messaging can stop. If you're not feeling safe um, in the environment that you're in, if you're going through an abusive situation, again, your body is it doesn't really care what's going into the mouth. It's just trying to keep you safe. And so it will shut down those digestive enzymes and everything else and all the messaging and you'll be overrun with the stress hormones. So if you can start to analyse your environment and um, understand what's going on for you and your nervous system or doing things to help train your nervous system as well. I I know that for you, you teach uh, through movement to release tension and trauma. If you've got a really great routine for the day with your exercise, some breathing, um, your, whatever rituals you have to not only for the ner- uh, for the muscles, but you know we're working on our nerves as well. It could yeah. be a, a nighttime bath. It could be reading. It could be for women. It could be getting on the phone and talking <laughs> to a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. That's a, a little ritual to help with releasing the pressure off the nervous system because once you do that, intuitive eating can kick in. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I think once we like can tone and regulate our systems, everything becomes mm. e- becomes easier. I think um, um, intuitive eating coming into this year with, uh, because of COVID, mm-hmm. it's just changed the dynamics of our community. Um, so there is this overriding you know, cloud above us about what's happening, the changes. Um, so if you are aiming to eat more intuitively if you, or if you've... Um, if that's your style, I think from a cultural perspective at the moment, um, we have to be aware of those outside influence as well. Absolutely. It's, it's yeah. been, you know, with COVID, I think it's important to acknowledge we've all been on some kind of hyper alert within our nervous systems. Mm-hmm. Even if it's been a really good year, we've, there's been a global threat that's been, mm-hmm. all of us have been affected by it. So I think we have to acknowledge that and, and notice, okay, mm. things might be a little different because of that, because my body's been responding, like I'm under some kind of a threat for the past year. So yeah. You know, what can we do to, to care for ourselves through that? Um, but I love that we, I love everything that you've, you've had to say, you've offered some just really valuable, uh, practical approaches, I think to nutrition and to trauma and to health. Mm. And somebody, I'm going to ask you one more question that someone had put up, and this is along the lines of what we're talking about. um, But the question had specifically been, will keto, the keto diet help with my anxiety? And I'm, Mm. I kind of have my own thoughts on that, but I'm curious about what, what you, what you think. You know, there's lots of science out there to help support how wonderful it is for the brain and the memory and that and the energy. Um, but I think anxiety has so many different layers and elements as to um, what effects is good for you won't be good for me. Um, anxiety to me is, I, I, for me, I'd be addressing making sure that my vitamin D is way above average you know, don't allow your doctor to tell you that it's normal if it's just within normal range you want it to be above normal okay um your minerals that you're consist- uh, consistently checking your mineral status in the body so are you getting mineral rich food do you shop at your local farmer's market you know that locally produced food that is more abundant in minerals than perhaps store um 
chain store style fruit and vegetables that could have been sitting around for quite a long time. Um, looking at the the microbiome, the gut, making sure that you've got all the really good um, the bacteria that you need to not only digest the food but get all the information talking from the tummy to the brain, get this communication system happening. Um, and being really honest about how well you're processing stress, mm-hmm. no matter how small or large, I think they're more important elements to get right than being, because let's face it, any type of diet is stressful, having yeah. to be restricted and mm-hmm. put into this box of, you know, what you can and can't have. Um, so I think that with anxiety, you need to be able to switch on that intuitive eating. And, you know, sometimes you might embrace it. You might go, I really do feel a difference with my mental clarity. You might feel a difference with your performance. Um, but there's going to be other, there's going to be times when something happens at home or at work where things change a little and that's no longer going to be great for you. So, yeah, I think that there is a time and place <laughs> for the keto point. diet. But. Yeah, I would I would line up a few diff, um, powerful things before I get stuck on a particular eating structure. Mm, I think that's a mm. great point, and I will say too, I I've read this in a few places that a lot of because there is a lot of research, but a lot of the research isn't actually conducted on women who are like who have an active menstrual cycle because our hormone structure is so different from a man who has more consistent hormones throughout his life cycle or a um, a, a woman who's post-menopause or who is, who no longer has cycles. Um, so that's, there isn't a ton of research. So I know with intermittent fasting, I was really into that for a while. It worked really well for my brother. And then I started looking more into it and the research around it for women was actually mm. like, it was like 1%. Um, mm. so just something to keep in mind because I know the bulk of the, the women in the, the group and in my community are, are women. Um, so mm just something to keep in mind, but I love your point that things won't always be the same. Um, mm. and things certainly aren't even the same day to day within our 28 day cycle. If we're uh, women who are having cycles to keep the, the hormonal fluctuations in mind too. So I think like the same diet every day, isn't necessarily what we need all the time. No, absolutely not. Because there should, there is, they should have some kind of association of joy with food as well, not yeah. structure and rules. Um, if if you if you understand who you shop with, where the food's coming from, its freshness, what you've what's coming up for you in your schedule, as in how much energy you need to have or um, <laughs> what you have to deal with, uh, and then you've got to balance it out with: Are you sitting down all day, mm-hmm. or are you moving all day? Um, are, are you responsible for other people? You know, like little people or. or elderly parents um, or staff members, um, so many other things come into the, to your decision-making with your food. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you have to have a certain amount of flexibility and joy and not as much structure. Uh, I guess that if you're, if you have some pretty uh, very specific goals, you need that structure, but the end result, the end goal would be to be able to intuitively and freely understand what your body needs at that time. Yeah. It sounds like such an easier way to be in relationship with food. But that's where, again, it's just going back to, we just need real fresh food. You know, it is all the artificial stuff that's clogging up Mm -hmm. that messaging. It's just, it's not when we, our bodies don't recognize this fake food and therefore it affects your hormones, the way you respond to stress. Yeah. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Such a good point. And we're inundated with it. I mean, it's everywhere. It's mm. so it's, there is a sort of mindful choosing that has to go on and it's, which is hard when we don't have balanced blood sugar, when we are under stress, it's like that cycle then can really easily perpetuate itself of like, let me just eat some chips or whatever, is, yeah. you know, what can I grab quickly while I stop to get gas and get another giant coffee? Cause yeah. Mm. So I think, yeah, Absolutely. mindful awareness. And, but I, I love the, I love the idea that the goal is to, or the invitation is to more just to, to have some more clarity so we can actually taste what we're putting on our tongue. And so we can listen to our bodies. Um, mm. yeah, sounds easier. Like once we get through that. <laughs> so thank you, Sally, so much for joining me. Do you have any, um, anything else you'd like to share before we sign mm. off here? Or are you promoting any, any programs or anything like that? I'll definitely have all of your, your links in the, um, in the show notes, but if, there's anything you're actively yeah. promoting, feel free. I think, um, I think you're right. It is, um, I really should activate that little tongue um, rebalancing little program um, because it is a powerful way just to say, right, let's get everything back in and under control. And um, I do have a little uh, challenge to do. So it's actually called When Shit Hits the Fan. Hmm. So it's kind of like it, it was for a group of mums that I was looking for, like looking after. And I was saying, look, you know, if if you're moving house, if there's a death in the, if you're inundated with stress and you need to get control quickly of yourself or the kids or the family, it is those, you know, what to look for in the blood tests, um, a couple of things to look at in your environment and um, one or two better relationships developing your community to help with you know, controlling the nervous system. So um, I'll definitely let you know when I'm ready to um, activate that one. I think, yeah. I, again, for me, nutrition is about all the things that nourish us. So mm-hmm. our food and our environment and the way, way we relate to each other is yeah. really important to regularly look at. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for getting up. I know it's so early in Australia. I, I understand the large cup mm-hmm. of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> well, this one's got um, cacao in it as well. Oh, do you I mix found... that with your coffee? Cacao in the coffee? I, yeah. Um, I was gifted from a girlfriend. It's called cerem- uh, ceremonial grade cacao. Mm. And it's super high in, the, um, in magnesium. And you just feel it's just like it's kind of like the coffee buzz without that heart heart palpitations Uh I feel very when you drink it you feel very grounded and calm but still very awake yeah sounds great yeah so far I'm liking it Mm. good nice gift Mm. okay well have a good rest of your day you too thank you